0: The Denver Broncos offensive line has a lot of questions, particularly at right tackle regarding the long-term outlook. Do the Broncos look on the free agency market or do they look in-house to build and develop a player here ahead of free agency? We break that down and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos Country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and 9 news. Once again, Broncos Country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. You can listen to this podcast free and available everywhere. You get your podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. All you gotta do, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you know. Never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage all year long. Because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. Sarah, it's great to see you here again. Once again, my friends, we continue our free agency preview. A little bit of a look ahead to this week on Lockdown Broncos. We're going to go through some other positions. But more importantly, the coaching staff is starting to finalize. And we also received a trade proposal from the Lockdown Packers host. Can't wait to share that with you. And obviously, Broncos country as well. But man, we got to take a look at the O-line here today.
1: I'm excited, Cody. I don't think offensive line is everybody's maybe favorite thing to talk about, but man, you sure you sure do love having a, a good, stable, solidified group. And obviously the loss of Mike Munchak, you know, from from this past offseason, changing offensive line coaches, Butch Berry coming in. There's some question marks, I think, for the Denver Broncos. But like you said, you know, we were talking before the show started, kind of just like those in house guys. Who are those in house guys that that we can develop maybe better for this this scheme, this offense? So I I think that all plays into free agency and how George Payton's gonna approach this.
0: I'm very excited and I'm very curious to see what George Payton, you mentioned Butch Berry, the new O line coach, and also his assistant coach, Ben Steele. What does that mean for players that are already on the roster, right? Guys that are carryovers from Mike Munchak's tenure. That to me, I think, is something I'm interested in seeing what they do with it. Do they keep guys along or do they look to completely build in with guys that they know or guys that they're doing scouting on in the NFL draft or free agency? Something to monitor here. But let's take a look back at the 2021 season here for this Broncos offensive line unit. Now, I think coming into it, Sarah, Garrett Bowles, I think for the most part, when we look back in retrospect, I, I feel like he had a pretty solid season to follow up from, obviously, his big career year that got him the contract extension. Now, I think there's going to be people that look at certain things like sacks given up. And I, I do want to pinpoint here some of the sacks that were given up, some of them are attributed to Garrett Bowles. Oftentimes times, were due to Teddy Bridgewater holding the ball a little too long there. There was, you know, several times where he did struggle, you know, against guys. I mean, you think he struggled against Max Crosby. That was very evident. He struggled against Trey Hendrickson. So some of the big, more physical guys he struggled against. But for the most part, Garrett Bulls bounced back and had a pretty solid season here for the Broncos in 2021. And then his counterpart right next to him, Dalton Reisner, kind of one of those things that we were looking at when Lloyd Cushberry came in as a rookie was where his struggles related to cushionberry being there. But we saw him struggle here once again here in 2021.
1: We did, we did. So the left side of that line kind of, you know, we felt like maybe after, I don't know, Garrett Bowles got that extension, kind of feeling like Dalton Reisner, things just, for him just like we all assumed they would over these last three years, that position group over their left tackle guard going to be solidified for a decade plus but now here we head into Dalton Reisner's contract season I don't think he's had the same level of struggles that we saw from Garrett Bowles early on right I think obviously yeah. it's not often a left tackle is getting booed on the home field right so Bowles had it had it tough out there he, he, he did back in a big way so I think you're I think it's it's a it's an interesting spot to be in for the Denver Broncos because Bulls yeah he didn't, he may not have played at a potentially all pro level this past season but at the same time anybody who watched the games anybody who looks even at the advanced numbers you can see Teddy Bridgewater held the ball an extremely long time he had I think it was in the top 10 most time to throw of any quarterback in the NFL over the course of the season which obviously your pass protection has to hold up pretty well in order for that to happen. So uh, there, there were times, you know, there were moments, but I think the the biggest issue for me here now is like everybody in Broncos country loves, loves, loves Dalton Reisner. Everybody loves him. He's a great, great guy. And he had an awesome college career at Kansas state. He loves being a Bronco. Like he came into the NFL wanting to be a Bronco and then we all got to see that manifest on draft day. So now it's the the rubbers meeting the road. Is he going to thrive in this new scheme, or is he going to continue to kind of n- play? I, I don't want to say he's playing below average because I'm no old line expert, but at the same time, is he really progressing to the point that we need him to be?
0: One, he's, I would say definitely there's been some consistency issues in terms of like when you see the on field product. Now, like you mentioned, I'm not an offensive line expert as well. I know alignment and I can see where guys line up and how they react, maybe what the responsibility is, especially depending on where a defensive lineman is lined up on them. And often at times, I mean, there were times where he was focused on a three tech and helping out. And then you see a blitz coming through the A-gap. There were times where he was late to pick up guys. At least that's how it appeared on film, right? And I could be completely wrong on this. But I think that when I go back and watch in film, that's the one thing that I saw that, I th- that felt like was a consistent issue for him. So I, I, not to mention that he's also dealt with a variety of injuries throughout the last couple of seasons. But, you know, he's played through some of them as well. So I can't knock the guy for that. I think that this is a big year, as you mentioned, Sarah, for a guy. Like Dalton Riser. Now, that's also another big year for the uh, you know the middle and the right side here for the Broncos too. Because going back, Lloyd Cushyberry, he showed growth I think this past season, but it wasn't accelerated to the point where we expected him to be. There were still some issues and still some strength things that he struggled with, especially against the interior there are times he got pushed back into the pocket into the offensive line so there's things in his game he obviously has to build on and then Graham Glasgow I think you know continuity all line took a hit when he had that season-ending injury in the Dallas Cowboys game right before halftime and something that should have never happened honestly because the Broncos should have taken a knee and went to the locker room instead they tried to do something completely pointless He ended up getting hurt, but he is back. He did restructure his contract, and he'll be back here in 2022. So, you know, there. And then Bobby Massey being solid at right tackle all season. What do you think of center, right guard, and right tackle? I think obviously at center, like you said,
1: we expected, you know, Lloyd Cushenberry's progression to be a bit more rapid than, than we've seen. He was considered arguably the number one center coming out of that 2020 draft when the Broncos got him. I think everybody was kind of just freaking out. Like how did they, how could they possibly have gotten him in round three? Now you are kind of seeing maybe why he fell in the draft a little bit. So I I really hope, you know, I hope that there's a, a positive future for him in Denver Two years now on the job as the starter. I think the biggest thing is what you brought up the fact that he may be losing at the point of attack a little too frequently. You know, he gets pushed back into the pocket a little bit too much. And you worry about that, you know, over the course of a season. How much is that going to impact your quarterback play and what he's able to do out there? So, right guard, I think, obviously, Graham Glasgow, Quinn Miners those those two guys i'll be back this year i think one of them cody probably glasgow after what we saw from Miners last year maybe compete at the center spot going forward and and see if he can't play there so that might be you know something where he's competing now uh cushionberry is competing with glasgow for that center spot potentially we don't know that for certain but that's a possibility Uh, and then bobby massey i thought did a good job at right tackle i mean he probably played the best that we've seen at right tackle since however i mean how long do you want to go back yeah. i mean r- really i Six, mean that's kind years? of what it was 6 7 years i would say absolutely and i don't think that's a stretch by any means like the broncos didn't have a great o line it was their o line during the super bowl season was kind of a a patchwork unit i know we love ryan harris awesome and, and a great bronco he came kind of off the off the street for that season to come play for them in that super bowl run so that that was standing issue but you love to see Massey come in. I mean he, he did a great job. And for a really great price, I think it was like less than four million for the Broncos to sign him last year. So really just a really savvy move by by George Payton. And I think you, you gotta look at maybe is there something else like that this year? you love the NFL draft. That's what you kinda have to consider going forward.
0: Well, coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country, Sarah and I, we're going to take a look at the Broncos unrestricted and restricted free agents. We're going to decide who should the Broncos bring back or should they look elsewhere on the veteran market? You get that coming up here in just a moment. But let me tell you about built bar, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos and built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there. Folks here today, you can go to built.com to see the nine amazing original flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors like the churro puffs. I recently just purchased myself a brand new box of churro puffs because I've been missing it and i love the soft texture because when you take a bite into built bar it's soft it's easy to chew the bars are covered in 100 milk chocolate plus if you need some extra fuel to help get you through your day 17 grams of protein 130 calories and four grams of sugar is what a built bar entails for you so i want you to go to built.com here today see the flavors and that maybe that you like or that your family likes or get a mixed box of all the flavors in one sent directly to your doorstep by going to built.com and when you go to checkout, use promo code locked 15 you know what that's going to do that's going to give you 50 15% off your next order at built.com. Once again, promo code lock15 gets you 15% off at built.com. All right, Sarah, as we jump into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. Sarah and I, we have you covered every single day. We appreciate all your interaction. We get here on YouTube. We appreciate all your interaction. We get on the podcast as well as social media at Corey Rook NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. But Sarah, now let's take a look here at pending free agents that are currently on this Broncos roster going into the 2022 NFL season a couple of unrestricted free agents and a couple of restricted free agents but it gives the Broncos flexibility because they don't necessarily have any contract I think issues with any interior offensive linemen realistically, you look at it, some of their expiring deals are on the offensive tackle position, not Garrett Bull. So, let's focus on right tackle. Bobby Massey, a guy that you had just mentioned, too. A lot of Broncos fans, I put a response out there on Twitter, asking Broncos country what they believe that you know the organization should do, considering the offensive line. And a lot of people said, hey, bring back Bobby Massey. And I agree with you, sir. I think that he had a very good season for the Broncos at right tackle. Obviously, he missed a couple of games down late in the stretch due to a knee injury, but he was able to, you know, I, I think give, like you said, some solidarity to the position that the Broncos haven't had in six to seven years at right tackle. I think since Orlando Franklin, I think that's how far we can go back to the Broncos at right tackle. So – there is that with Massey here. Now, the Broncos, George Payton, they went and they signed him to a one-year deal last offseason, and he came in and he competed at right tackle. He he got the starting job, and he was very solid there. So in your opinion, unrestricted free agent, are you bringing back Bobby Massey? I'm going to say this. I think that the Broncos should at this point because it doesn't hurt to have a guy that's got veteran experience, that played really well, that knows essentially has chemistry working on this offensive line. It's going to be a different scheme but I think that this is a good start for the Broncos.
1: I think so, too. I think you definitely have to consider bringing him back for sure. And it makes you wonder, too, with everything that went down with Jawan James last offseason, Cody, that was something that we didn't really factor into the 2021 discussion, but it played a huge, huge part in everything that transpired at that right tackle position because Jawan James, the Broncos were really financially tied to him for at least one more season. So they kind of had no choice but to say, all right, let's just kind of, See what happens out there. I mean, he's healthier now, so let's see what happens. Then he suffers the injury after the NFL draft, right? So you have to go and kind of fix things up in a C sort of fashion. And at that time, obviously, the Broncos were fortunate. Bobby Massey was still out there. So they're able to get him. But it does make you wonder, like, what would George Payton have done differently had that happened before the NFL draft? Because he had to kind of reshuffle things after the fact, and the Broncos couldn't go back. After how many how many years in a row have fans been clamoring for the team to draft a tackle and it feels like they've just been kind of passing on the opportunity to do that they didn't draft a single tackle in the 2021 NFL draft I'm not saying it's bad practice but I just think you know you got to look at that option at this point and say do we re-sign Bobby Massey was is he going to be a long term solution for us. Or do we want to re-sign him to be kind of another, hey, let's have you start or maybe compete to start again in 2022? That's kind of how I view him. I think he could start for you in 2022, and therefore, maybe if you could re-sign him to a similar deal, Cody, I think that that would be a really smart idea for George Payton.
0: Well, I mean, at this point, too, you look at veteran options out there on the free agency market. I know we're going to take a look at some names here, but you know, there's not a lot of young offensive right tackles that are available out there, and I'd say quality as well, guys that you feel like can come in and start right away. There are a lot of young guys out there, but more than likely, they'll be coming back. They'll be on a practice squad or maybe in a diff- an additional role with the teams that they were previously on. But outside of the the, the top-heavy of this offensive draft class, not draft class, free agency class, they're really veterans. So you really have to ask yourself – do we do this? And I know that there is one link that we'll make here in just a moment here. But let's get to our next guy here, Cam Fleming, somebody that was also brought in last offseason. That look when we were talking about the final roster, we were wondering why. Hey, why did Cam Fleming fill up a 53 man roster spot when the Broncos could have maybe used that position on this guy or this guy or this guy? And then ultimately, we did see you know a couple times Cam Fleming come in. I, you know, I don't think that he was a world beater by any means, but you know he was solid for the most part had some areas where he obviously got manhandled on the outside in one-on-one situations. But for the most part, I mean, considering what they brought him in for at his price, I think he lived up to kind of expectations a little bit. I think so too.
1: And, yeah, I'll still die on this hill, this one hill. This is what I'll (laughs) die on right here is I think they should have put him on the practice squad and just protect him all year long. I mean – that was an option. You could put veteran players on the practice squad, and it would have cost you a fraction of the price. So I will die on that hill, but I will also admit that I was wrong about Cam Fleming. I think he did a pretty good job, like you said. Yeah. Not a world beater, but he did a pretty good job. He actually had a couple blocks that, remember when we were going through the All-22 tape of a couple games that he played in, and he buried some guys in the running game. So, yep. I mean, he did, he did do a, a much better job than I assumed, and I think that obviously, like, my preference is is on the skill player side or like corners or like i like to collect players and see if you can develop over time on the back end of the roster that's my personal brand so when you're carrying an extra offensive lineman who's doing nothing for you that bugs me a little bit but it, I, I will eat some crow on that one and say that Kim Fleming he did do a good job when he got into the game and I was thankful that I, I found myself being even thankful when he did get in that hey the Broncos it's a good thing they have this guy around.
0: <laughs> yeah and I, I think it just goes to show like there's things that obviously the Broncos scouting department and their front office know or they happen from on the guy that you know gives them solace versus like us. We're like, I don't know about this move, which I mean, that's why I always put trust in the people that are doing the job. They know a little bit more than I do about it. So hats off to the Broncos there. I think they did a fantastic job in their scouting department in terms of being able to identify what Cam Fleming could offer if, in fact, the Broncos needed him at any point, which they did. But now the next guy here, we talk about bringing him back and we're we'll getting some names here. Calvin Anderson will be a restricted free agent. And, and Sarah, in my opinion, I've liked the trajectory. I've liked the growth that we have seen from Calvin Anderson. However, I feel like his biggest supporter in Mike Munchak who really gave him that active roster role in 2019, 2020, 2021, he's gone now. But what we saw from Calvin Anderson, I don't think it could be disputed There's things in his game, I think, that give him a really good opportunity to come in and maybe be the Broncos' long-term guy at right tackle. It didn't necessarily happen in competition against Bobby Massey last year, but players can continue to grow. And for Calvin Anderson, he's really focused on that. Would you bring him back? I absolutely would bring him back. And
1: I I can't help but wonder, is he going to be an even better fit for this outside zone zone scheme. You know, I mean, he is a lighter guy. He came into the NFL with with some solid length, some really solid athleticism, movement skills, all that type of stuff. I think everybody was kind of just thinking, okay, well, he needs to improve like that core strength, get his, get his platform, get his feet underneath him and improve against those powerful rushers. And that still is true. But at the same time, will he be even more effective in the running game, being able to move on that outside zone a little bit? That's kind of what I'm wondering, and I think that there's a, a really good chance of that. So I would absolutely bring him back the restricted free agent tender. Obviously not going to be a prohibitive cost, and Calvin Anderson has played quite a bit for you at this point. So you bring a guy like that in, and if, if he was around in 2019, which I, I believe that was the case. I, I, once you said that, I was like, dang, has it really been that long? Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then he was brought in back when Rich Scangarella was the O.C., which would mean that he's familiar with some of these concepts at least to a degree. So I like the idea of bringing Calvin Anderson back for sure.
0: Well, Broncos country, should the Broncos build with Massey and Anderson, or should they look to the open market? Who are some free agents maybe Denver could take a look at if they decide to look elsewhere? We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos and BetOnline.net. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college troops going on. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing and ufc odds right to the olympic coverage and information so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action betonline where the game starts As we approach the fourth quarter on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, once again, Broncos country, we appreciate you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the show. If you're listening to this podcast right now on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to both Sarah Benninger and myself. If you can go on Apple Podcasts and write us a review. If you love listening to the show, please leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you tune in. Leave your Twitter handle and we'll automatically have you entered into any future contest giveaway that we have, but we appreciate you. You pumping out reviews on iTunes allows us to grow even further to more fans in Broncos country. We appreciate you for tuning in here today. But Sarah, let's take a look now at the open free agency market here, talking about maybe some familiarity. Realistically, when I'm looking at the Broncos right now, I feel like the biggest thing they need to address is right tackle. Outside of the other positions, I think you can make arguments for guys staying, some of the young secondary guys behind the starters from last year, developing and maybe being potential starters. You don't really have to go out and reinvent the wheel, I feel like, if you're George Payton, if you're the Broncos, even with the new coaching staff here. But there's one name I want to kind of throw here. Dennis Kelly, he was the right tackle for the Green Bay Packers last season. So he understands Nathaniel Hackett's offensive scheme here, understands what they want, and if there's that draw about some certain quarterback that could be coming over via trade maybe maybe not who knows at this point but I think familiarity is something he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and he was also one of the guys that I was actually kind of pounding the table for before the Broncos went and signed Bobby Massey where they held a tryout for Dennis Kelly. I'm like, hey, I hope Dennis Kelly comes in because he did a pretty good job, I think, a couple years ago for the Tennessee Titans. He even caught a touchdown, I think, from Ryan Tannehill, but he was a physical guy, and I feel like he can be what the Broncos really need, especially in this offense. So Dennis Kelly's another option. Then there's Bobby Hart, who's a young guy here for the Buffalo Bills. Now, they just tied up a lot of money in Josh Allen. You have to keep that offensive line intact. I think uh, I think Bobby Hart will, you know, will be back with Buffalo, but I wouldn't mind the Broncos trying to at least make an aggressive push to get him.
1: I like those ideas I think the key here is going to be keeping open-mindedness towards who they go after at this right tackle position because number one I mean pro scouting for other teams is very very in-depth so you're talking about these guys if, if they have connections to the coaching staff that could be a huge huge plus for the Denver Broncos right now because maybe you don't want to necessarily bring in guys that haven't played in your offense so the idea of Dennis Kelly could be appealing you know or a guy like Bobby Hart as well to see if you can come in and bring kind of what Bobby Massey brought you a season ago I look at this free agent offensive line list and you, you think about all the different positions right that the Broncos have needs at up front you look at maybe some of the top o-linemen on the market like Brandon Scherf you know he's been franchise tagged a number of times by the Washington <laughs> football team Washington commanders etc cetera, etc cetera. he's been tagged by them a number of times and of course he, he appeals to my heartstrings because. He's an Iowa guy, right? He was a uh, yep, top five pick coming out of Iowa, so that's one guy that you know maybe you look at if you're if you're saying, all right, well, Quinn Miners, he's going to be a better for us long term at left guard. We're going to maybe move on from Reisner. This is, I mean, this is the GM working in my brain right now. So maybe Reisner's not going to be your long term left guard. Miners is, and you're going to move Glasgow as center. That that would you know formulate something where you could fit Scherf into the equation, but it's kind of, you have to do some mental gymnastics. So (laughs) uh, there's, there's him. And then one of, you know, a couple of guys, I think Cody from the Jacksonville Jaguars, we talk about connections to Nathaniel Hackett. What do you think about the ideas of Cam Robinson, the tackle on the left side for them? uh, Cam Robinson and guard Andrew Norwell as well. They're both free 80s and obviously the Jags need to protect Trevor Lawrence, but Broncos options.
0: Uh, You know, maybe, you know, like I said, I think with Cam Robinson, as you mentioned, played some left tackle there. Can he switch? You know, is he comfortable playing right tackle? I I think that's always the biggest question. You know, I think for especially offensive linemen, some all-linemen offensive tackles, they have a preference to being a left tackle versus a right tackle. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with their stance. And obviously, you know, are they better with their left foot back and their right foot forward, especially on their kick step? Or are they better with their left foot forward, right foot back on their kick step to be able to protect, you know, left to right? I, these are weird things I think that many offensive linemen ask themselves like especially a lot of fans so I want to give you a little bit of a perspective into that Andrew Norwell at guard I mean as you mentioned some intriguing options there do the Broncos view Dalton Reiser as their long term left guard if the answer is no then I think that you have to look maybe in-house as is, right? So who do we see step up for him last year? We saw a lot of Natani Muti step up in that position. Can he play really well in the scheme? And, you know, I feel like the Broncos have to ask themselves this question. And look, I think, Sarah, we're all going to find out here in just about a month. Well, less than you know, a month now. We're about three and a half weeks away from free agency. The Broncos' moves that they make, if they address anything on the offensive line, will tell us a lot about how they feel about some of the current starters – or how they feel about the number two guys at the depth spots there. That to me, I think says everything. Those are two interesting names there, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see, especially with Doug Peterson coming in in Jacksonville, whether or not they bring those two guys back. But there's also another option there, and there's a new there's a team with the New Orleans Saints that are, you know we all feel like they're going to re- be rebuilding. They're obviously facing salary cap issues. What about Teron Armstead at the tackle position, specifically putting him at right tackle opposite of Garrett Bowles? I mean, if, if Armstead is open to
1: that, right, Would you? I would sign him to see if he'd be willing to do that. I mean, he's one of the better left tackles in the league over the last however many years. So made Pro Bowls and All-Pro, all that sort of stuff. So he's obviously – well, and now that Sean Payton is gone from the Saints, I know they kept continuity with uh, Dennis Allen sticking around there. So I know it's not necessarily like they're going to blow things up. But at the same time, Drew Brees retires last year. Sean Payton steps away this year. And so what does that mean for the roster? Like, what what is the fallout going to be? I'm very, very intrigued to find out what that is. And, and Teron Armstead, look, there's going to be plenty of teams around the league looking for a starting left tackle. And he might be the number one option for all of them. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of the Broncos getting him as a starting right tackle, I think it's an option to throw out there just to say, OK, this is part of the list, you know, that we can put together. But at the same time, is it the most realistic I don't necessarily see it that way. And depending on what you think of, you know, we know George Payton has this whole thing about internal development. We want to draft. We want to develop. We want to sign our own guys. So I know the Vikings made a number of big-time free agent pickups over the years, but they were obviously all very strategic. It wasn't like they're just throwing money at all the top, you know, the the top free agents every year, which is not a wise way to to build a team. As we've seen, all the Florida teams with their tax-free income – you know, they throw money at free agents every year and it never it when is the last time, aside from the Buccaneers, that it's worked out for any of the like the Jaguars and the Dolphins and teams like that, it doesn't work for them very often. So and none of them obviously got Tom Brady. So speaking of Tom Brady, a guy that's been snapping to him, Colorado Ties, Ryan Jensen, the center. Do you upgrade over Lloyd Cushenberry and go after arguably the top center on the free agent
0: market? I think personally for me, I would, right? Because here's the thing that Ryan Jensen brings to the table. How often do we see that, you know, he trash talks guys to bait them, kind of (laughs) how Shannon Sharp used to, but he is a physical guy. And it's always about, you know, he gets under other players' skin, but he's aggressive as well, and he's tough as nails there. I mean, he's played through injury. He's gutted it out. That to me, I think this is what the Broncos need, especially if their identity is going to be to run the football, set up the pass, to have this offensive balance to where it's not just one sided. Ryan Jensen, I feel like, would be a perfect fit in Denver. The question is, you know, there could be a lot of changes coming up in Tampa Bay. No Tom Brady, obviously, unless he decides to magically unretire. I mean, obviously, the, the paperwork hasn't been officially filed yet to the league office. But Ryan Jensen, I feel like, would be one of the more intriguing offensive prospects, not a tackle, that I would say, hey, if I'm George Payton, I'm heavily pursuing this guy. And then there's also another guy we'll touch on here quickly, Will Hernandez, who many in Broncos country had wanted in the NFL draft. Sarah, I know that there were times where we talked and Will Hernandez was on your list leading up to the time that he was drafted by the Giants. Do you see him coming in or do you feel like at this point it kind of be overkill considering where the Broncos are currently at with depth as is? It, to me, it kind of seems
1: like it could be overkill, especially if the Giants are letting him go. They have struggles on the offensive line, so if they're letting a good offensive lineman go, that that wouldn't really make sense to me. Why they would do that? It's not like they're struggling cap wise, or they're you know I, I'm sure Brian Dable is going to want to have the best possible team. So if the Giants let him go. To me, that speaks volumes. And, and the Broncos got Natani Muti, right? So the, it's kind of a similar type of deal, just a big, strong, athletic dude on the interior offensive line. That's kind of what we were hoping to get from Will Hernandez and now you've got it in Muti and he's got more you know more years of team control on his contract so while it would be fun to see him finally play for the Broncos I don't necessarily know that that's going to be the case I think obviously you've got enough young guys on that interior offensive line if you're going to make an upgrade it has to be an immediate clear upgrade like, like you mentioned with Ryan Jensen.
0: Uh, interesting points enough as is in Broncos country. Do you agree with Sarah or myself? Do you disagree? Let us know in the comment section down below here on YouTube. We have one more NFL free agency preview that we're going to be taking a look at and it has to do with the tight end position. The Broncos on added boost with guys like Eric Sauber added to the mix. Do the Broncos look at bringing him back? Plus, do they take a look at the other open options on the market? You get that on tomorrow's episode here Lockdown Broncos. That will wrap up today's episode of the show, both Sarah Benninger and myself, Cody York. We appreciate you for taking time out of your day to listen to us on your favorite podcast and provider, or to watch us here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, so you never miss out on a day's worth of all the covers you need when you're craving anything for the orange or blue Sarah Benninger and myself. We have you covered. But with that said, Broncos country, we appreciate you taking time to tune in here today. Can't wait to talk more Broncos football with you tomorrow.